This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our guests. It's Trader Nick in the United States and Oanda's senior market analyst in London, Craig Earlham. Good evening from London all. How are you doing? Hey, Johnny. Really good, mate. How are you? Very good. We've left the podcast recording a bit later today, well, quite a bit later today, because we were waiting to hear from the Federal Reserve with that uh, interest rate announcement. And of course, as we suspected, the Federal Reserve has held rates steady yet again. I think markets might be a little bit disappointed by what's come out from this meeting, because uh, it does seem as though we're going to have to wait quite a bit longer before we see the first rate cut. Well, I think Jerome Powell, I listened to his speech just moments before we stepped on the podcast. I got to say, he did a wonderful wordsmithing job at protecting both sides of uh, you know expectations for whether or not rate cuts are coming down. He pointed out that the economy has been strong and that you know there is that concern um, of, of inflation still being a problem and they don't want to uh, rule out that possibility that you know inflation, we've seen that historically in the past, be a problem where inflation can come back and be a huge problem. Not to mention, we just had a massive end-of-year stock market rally, which was stimulating in its own right. So there is this this huge kind of uh, you know um, end of year rally that we're working with, economic data that's come out overall strong. And on the last podcast, I kind of pointed at this as a possibility of being uh, something that they push back on in terms of the markets getting excited for March rate cuts. Now, that being said, they did also acknowledge that this is a, a good environment. You know, I can't give you direct quotes, but Jerome Powell, his language about the situation was, we've got this under control. We do expect overall to be able to rate cut this year. Like There was some confidence in his speech about where rates are going, but the pushback that it's causing the market's volatility here today is that it looks like uh, at least from what his his speeches was, that there's a little bit of a, a pushback on the idea of March rate cuts, and again, that's where the debate is. You look at the Fed Watch tool in the last few days; it's been all over the place. You know, a week ago there was high expectations that March rate cuts were coming. Uh, this morning there was a solid chance that there were not rate cuts coming, and now it's swung back in both directions. The point is, the markets are all over the place, and when you get split decisions like this, there's likely to be a lot of volatility to follow. Uh, But Craig, I wanted to ask you about this because uh, from what we saw, I mentioned that he wordsmithed his way through this. Like it was really, uh, he pointed to what, you know, depending on whatever side you are in terms of where rate cuts are going, you had something that you could grab onto. Would you agree? 100%. He's done the thing of committing to nothing, leaving the door open to everything but maybe in a manner that doesn't bore everyone to tears like some of his counterparts can do and did last week uh, to not name one. I'm going to say, I think this was the dovish pivot. I've been saying it's coming for a long time. I'm very much in the camp that I think a March rate cut is coming. And it's because, as you've alluded to, there was something there for everyone. But the problem is, or not the problem, the fact remains that there's a lot in there that wasn't there before. And I think that's there intentionally. So there's a couple of statements which I've picked out. And to be honest, there is a lot to unpick. He said a lot in this statement and in the press conference after. Some conflicting, some not. There's a few statements which really stood out to me. Makes me think that this is a pivot and that they are trying to send a message, although not a direct, explicit message to markets, that not only is the next move going to be a cut, but it could probably be soon. This one was in the press conference. They said, they are highly attentive to risks inflation poses to both sides of the mandate. In other words, 
undershooting inflation is just as problematic as overshooting inflation. So this idea that they may have actually done too much, which I think is a really interesting point that he made. There's other things as well that he made. He also, a few differences, a few tweaks to the language from the statement, things like they've removed the reference to tighter financial and credit conditions. They've removed a reference to the potential for additional policy firming. That's probably not uh, an enormous surprise. And even the fact that he said almost everyone on the committee believes it will be appropriate to reduce rates, it shows that the mindset has completely shifted. This is a lot of statements which we haven't had at any point over the last couple of years from the Federal Reserve. While there is balance in everything he says, I could probably pick out half a dozen statements that look more hawkish as well. I am choosing to focus on the dovish ones because the hawkish stuff we've heard for two years, this stuff is new. So creating that balance and talking about the fact that it's almost unanimous that they think they're going to have to cut rates, it's a case of when. I feel like this is as big a shift as we could have possibly hoped for because he was never going to come out and explicitly say, we're going to cut rates at the next one, or we're probably going to cut rates. I think this is as explicit as we could have possibly hoped for, even though, as you've already alluded to, there's a lot of balance in the statements. But for that reason, I was already in the camp that thought we were going to see a rate cut in March. And I think this has made that even stronger. And I think, obviously, the final point is, it is going to depend on the data for the next six weeks. If the data doesn't fall in line with what the Fed it seems to expect to see that they won't make a move. But there's two inflation reports and there's two jobs reports coming in the next six weeks. So there's going to be plenty to dive into. So I think this is a really interesting announcement, really interesting press conference after, as you've alluded to. And I think there's a lot of dovish comments in there, which make me think that March is not just live, but probably more likely than not. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting thing to watch here. I've got the Fed watch pulled up just as we're speaking here. About a 55% chance that in March you do see that rate cut down to uh, by 25 basis points. It's an interesting one because, again, uh, we see this still remaining 50-50 for now, though the Fed watch tool admittedly takes some time to update and really kind of, I think the best way to look at it personally is like the end of the day or kind of on a you know couple day basis. However, that being said, the dollar index is up here on the day. Yeah, it's still in a range that it's been in for some time. You do see the stock indices selling off, notably the more interest rate sensitive areas in the market uh, getting hurt the most. You get the Russell down like 1.8%, which is of course small cap stocks. Gold also gave back its gains here today. It shot up hard pre-FOMC and now giving back some of those gains. Oil down real hard on the day. You know, kind of an interesting, the VIX up 7% on the day, quite some volatility being introduced to the picture. And by the way, that VIX is off of, you know, multi, multi month low. Back in mid December, we saw it as low as like 11.85. So very low volatility, starting to see some of that come back. And I imagine that with the election season, that's another side of things, Craig, that I think you could actually tack on to the dovish camp. You could say, well, hey, you know what? Uh, there's an election this year. We got to make things look good for the election, for the incumbent to come back in. And, you know, we've thrown this out there as an idea. Um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are likely to go head to head. And Donald Trump is not the biggest fan of Jerome Powell. So there is kind of a threat to the establishment baked in there. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting side story that does, you know, um, although it is relevant to politics, it's also very relevant to markets. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think in an ideal world, what the Fed would like to do is start quitting rates sooner and do 25 basis points a meeting or 25 basis points a quarter over the course of the next 18 months to two years, and then enable the economy to remain strong uh, while also keeping inflation pressure under control, have no influence in the election whatsoever, and not even be brought into the conversation. 
And the longer they hold off on that first rate cut, the more chances I think there are of them becoming a feature of these debates, uh, of the media, of Trump's campaigning, uh, who obviously looks most likely to be the candidate now. And therefore, it's going to put the Fed in an incredibly uncomfortable position that it simply doesn't want to be in. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know they're not meant to get political. There's meant to be a separation between the two. But we know that Trump doesn't mind crossing that line. And therefore, in an ideal world, I'm sure the Fed would like to stay as far away from it as possible. They almost did lock horns the last time Donald Trump was in power, but in a weird way, in a way where Trump attacked them. And I think many people expected the Fed to start to appease him because he started talking as if Powell's job was at risk uh, because he was doing such a terrible job. And I remember saying at the time, it kind of felt like at the time that Powell kind of took a different approach, which was, if you're going to take me on, I'm going to go even further. I'm going to do this more. I'm not going to do this less. I'm going to reaffirm my authority as leader of the Federal Reserve, as an independent policymaker in an independent central bank. And we are actually going to do this because we have to prove that that is the case. So it was almost counterproductive. I don't think he'll want to put them in that position again, but it will be interesting to see that if they are left in that position, what approach they'll take. This morning, we also had ADP numbers, which were on the disappointing side. We had, uh, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. It's like 107,000 jobs compared to you know 150 approximately. I can't remember exactly, but we saw a disappointment at ADP. That's been uh, you know sort of an inaccurate forecaster of what NFP is likely to do, which of course is the other hallmark you know moment this week for markets. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention for currency traders who are listening, a real interesting market mover today was the dollar yen, uh, and the reason I mentioned that is because yields fell off of a cliff, and with it the dollar yen went as well. We now see it bouncing really, really hard on that off of the day's lows because of uh, you know everything that went down in the press conference. Craig and I have gone through this already, but this concept of there was a little bit for each side of the table is clearly there. And um, the idea of, of March, one thing I will say is that the Fed watch tool, which we keep referencing, has been really accurate by the time of a meeting in terms of getting it right, which way the Fed's going to go. So I, I kind of see that the month of February is likely to be very volatile due to the idea that Fed watch tool is going to be you know, positioned one way or the other. And for the Fed watch tool to start pointing towards a March rate cut or a March rate hold, either direction, it's going to cause huge volatility. Again, we mentioned it's an election year as well. The VIX is trading up. I think we're in for a pretty interesting February one way or the other. And uh, with this next round of data, we'll get even more clues as to what that Fed March decision is going to actually look like. Well, it's our turn tomorrow, uh, Nick, with the Bank of England's uh, announcement at uh, midday. So we will have reaction to that and the rest of the market's uh, news tomorrow afternoon. We'll be recording another podcast then. But until then, thank you, guys. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast 